Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Join us for a journey as we go back to the great civilizations of the past. Who were the people? What were they like? How did they begin? How did they end? Let's find out on this episode a fan of history. Hello, Dan. Hello, Bernie. I remember how Cartage began. You do? Yes. The journey of Dido leaving Phoenicia, going to this weird place far away. Founding the city. Maybe it's a legend, but we did a whole episode on it in the 830s, I think. Sometime around then it was, I believe, yeah. Yeah. But now the age of colonization is over. Carthage is a power player, and there are Greeks everywhere in the Mediterranean. Everywhere. They're really annoying the Carthaginians. I, I would, and unfortunately, we don't have a lot of their writing because later, later, later than this era, the Romans destroyed everything. So we, we don't know a lot of things from their point of view. We we only have like Roman writers and Greek writers, and we have archaeology, but not a ton of archaeology. So most of what we know about Carthage comes from their enemies. So we always have to take that with a grain of salt, as they say. But remember that the Phoenician colonization of the Mediterranean was very different from the Greek colonization way. Mm-hmm. But I think that has changed now because the Greeks are there and you have to colonize like they do in a way. Yes. Because you can't treat it as just a, a company. Yes. And just try to earn money because you have to protect your colonies from Greeks. Yes, that's exactly right. You're de- dead on. I think that's, and there's obviously like, there must be factions. There's always factions. We have factions in our countries now. You have factions in Sweden. We have factions in the U.S. You have factions in your state. You have factions in your city. You have factions probably in your work. So factions are a thing. <laughs> So I would think there's some factions in Carthage that are conservative and some want to change and some, you know, think it's for their glory and some want money. And all those things are surely happening. And like you said, with the Greeks doing it, they would have to probably change the way they do things. You, 
you like you you just said before, and you mentioned you did a whole episode where you we talked about how they're run like a company. They really have kings, and we have like a CEO and a board of directors, and that's kind of how they were run. Also, the other Phoenician colonies weren't necessarily like Carthaginian colonies because Phoenicia, the entire we say Phoenician, but it's Tyre, the city of Tyre, T Y R E, and now they've been you know, conquered by the Assyrians, by the Neo-Babylonians, and now we have Cyrus. So they're, you know, the Carthaginians, I, I would, we don't have any facts of it, but my opinion from seeing what's people that are arising were like a faction that was saying, you know, hey, I think we need to have some of our own, more of our own autonomy. We have to take care of a lot of things on ourselves. We always obviously had, but different. But because kind of how they ran their thing, like you said, it was different than the Greeks. They, um, they sort of merged in with the with the locals and had the locals, you know, if they were having making pottery or, you know, making wine or whatever it was that they needed from that area, they sort of merged with the locals, set up a trading post, kind of like they were kind of like the French when it comes to the American colonization, you know. They were sort of like, kind of with them, you know. They were still not perfect, but anyway, at this point, we have this other guy. His name is Malchus. And there's not a lot on him. There's some stuff on this Roman historian, Justin. It's called Justinian or Justin. He's from like the first century AD. So it's, old. it's you know, it's much longer after his time. But anyway, this guy's name is Malchus. And he, it's possible that he's even, you know, legendary. But what we know is that at this time, Carthage is trying to extend its territory around in Africa where it is because... Ever since that Dido landed there, they were paying the locals to like have that territory. They were paying tribute, and it, so it says that he says that he was trying to clear out the area around there. Whether or not he was very successful, I'm not sure. They say that he they really necessarily weren't, but he was also you know supposed to be a good general, and he did a lot of activity in Sicily. And but what happened was apparently he had a setback somewhere in Sardinia, Corsica area, which could be with something that we'll talk about after the Battle of Alalia, but it could also not be because it's could be this could that could have been later and this could have been earlier. This guy could be from anywhere in the 550s, the late 550s to the uh, 540s or even like so anyway. This is the crazy shit with this guy. So, he loses this battle somewhere up in Sardinia, Corsica area. And the way the Carthaginians are, they're kind of like how the Greeks are going to be later, you'll see. They just like fire your general. If you lose, they, they get rid of you. Like they, so they exile him and his army because he lost. And he wasn't too happy about it. So, and his army, you know, his army liked him. The army and him comes back, come back to the city and they wouldn't let him in. And they sort of besiege the city. And they say, the army says like, hey, you know, we, we don't want to, um, we're not here to like attack the city because we, we hate the city. We we want to fix the city. Like, this is wrong. Like, we didn't lose because we were incapable or idiots. It was just bad fortune. So whatever happened, they say it was just bad fortune. You know, don't do this. This is where it gets real crazy. So the cart, the Ginians inside the city send out this Malchus's son. This Malchus's son had been on that annual trip to Tyre to give their 10% tithe to the temple at Melkart. And by the way, Melkart's like Hercules. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. So he comes dressed in all his purple robes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you. I'm going to read what he says to him. I won't read it in the old English letter. I'll do it. I'll, I'll change it here. <laughs> so this son's name is, is apparently Cartalo. And he, his father must have summoned him but he had to do the religious duty and go to Tyre and do all that stuff. So then he comes to the place, he presents himself, he returns to his father in front of all the troops and the people there dressed in his, all this purple, like in his finest robes and everything. And then his father took him aside and says, have you dared most unnatural wretch to appear before so many of your miserable countrymen thus arrayed in purple and gold and to enter with all the marks of peaceful prosperity about you and exulting as it were in triumph into this sad and mournful camp? How could you display yourself nowhere else to your fellow creatures? Was no place fitter than where the misery of your father and the distress of his unhappy banishment were to be seen? Wait, we gets great. I have to add that when you were summoned a short time ago, you proudly despised I do not say to my father, to your father, but certainly the general of your countrymen. And what else do you exhibit in that purple and those crowns but the titles of my victories? Since you therefore acknowledge nothing in your father but the name of an exile, I also will assume the character not of a father but of a general, and I will make an example of you that no one may hereafter dare to sport with the miseries and sorrows of a parent. And what he did, he ordered him to be nailed in all his finery on a high cross within view of the city. So he had him crucified. He crucified his son. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, this is from Justin. I just quoted that right out of that. I had a hard time finding that. I finally found it. It took me 10 seconds after I looked. But Okay, so the besieged city of Carthage notices this uh, general of theirs, that they exiled the crucified his own son. Yeah. And then continues besieging his own capital. Yeah. He, so then uh, he had cut off the capital from supplies and stuff. And then he 
did conquer. He did get, I guess, enter the city. It just has a line saying, you know, that he took Carthage. A few days after he took Carthage, he assembled the people. He complained about, you know, that he was banished. He granted a free pardon for some people, and he put 10 senators to death, and he left the city to its laws. But then all here's what Justin says, two lines. It's all we know. And this is all I, I mean, I have this dictionary of Carthaginians and stuff, and this is all from here. It's all we have. It says, being accused himself of aspiring to be king, he paid uh, the penalty of his twofold cruelty to his son and his country. So he was executed, apparently. I guess somebody got the upper hand, the other faction. And he was succeeded by a commander-in-chief named Mago, M-A-G-O. He, this is the guy, have you heard of the Maganids dynasty? This is the new, now this is when it changes now. You have actually kind of have a king now. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And his name is Mago, or he could be called Magon. And he could have been in as early as 550. You know, it could be now in the 540s. It's, you know, like I say, we don't know. But he is the founding di- founding king of this Maganid dynasty. And you may have heard like Hamilcar. That's one of his scions. This Magan guy. Ooh, and Hannibal then as well. I believe so, yeah. Yes. Yeah. But that's for much later. Yeah. And so that's like pure Carthage. But then there's like Carthage and then the Ionian Greeks that we could move into sort of segue. Oh, yes. Please do. The only thing is it's kind of like happens after Cyrus takes Lydia. Yeah, we'll come to that in a later episode. So should I talk, do you want to talk about, should I talk about this thing that happens in the Carthaginian side? Yes. Or should we wait? And, so I'll say what happens. Okay, because it's, so the Greeks of Phocaea, we've talked about them founding Marseille, right? So that's way in the Western Mediterranean. Um, and Marseille is currently in France, and the Carthaginians had bases in southern Spain, on the, in the Mediterranean side, but they also had a big base at Cadiz, which is on the Atlantic, which is, you know, on the Atlantic side. And they, they did have some uh, colonies, as we knew, in Morocco on that side and us up in Portugal as well. So they, you know, they had it all closed off, but the Greeks had founded this colony in uh, Marseille, the Phocaeans, which were not, they weren't thrilled about. And so when Cyrus eventually kicks these Phocaeans out of their city. And I think I think we could talk about what happens there because it's a whole story when we talk about the Greeks of Ionia and Cyrus. But so yes. we'll just say what happens over here and they leave. And as you recall, they already had some connections over here. So they leave and they go over here. And Herodotus says that he annoyed, they annoyed their neighbors for five years all around them. And so eventually that the, Carthaginians and the Etruscans allied with each other. Basically, I think it was the, a lot of the Etruscans were really um, pissing. They are getting pissed off. So they had this battle. And it could be in 535 or it could be 540, but it's called the Battle of Aulalia. And Aulalia is in Corsica, and it's, but it's in the north. So it's in between Corsica. Oh, I'm sorry. In this, I'm sorry. Aulalia is in um, Sardinia, and it's in the north. And Corsica... In the between Corsica and Sardinia, there's like an area. <laughs> this is where the battle happens, and it's a sea battle. And the ships that they both use at this time, we know that the Greeks and the Phocaeans especially use them are called pentaconters. 
They have 50 oars, one row of oars on each side and one sail. So later on, when you're the triremes, triremes, those have three rows of oars and two sails. So these are these pentaconters the uh, Phocaeans used were like merchant ships and warships. So they had 60, and the Carthaginians had 120 of them, and they had a battle. And all we know is that the Phocaeans came out on top. The Greeks won over the Carthaginians. This is why this could be the battle that Malchus lost. We, or, we don't know. But Herodotus, remember, he's writing in 440 BC. He calls it a Cadmian victory. So there, I'm, I must have looked this up, and I forget. There was another guy called Cadmius, and he basically had a Pyrrhic victory. <laughs> so, you know, because they lost two-thirds of their ships. So they had 60 ships. They lost two-thirds of them. And the ones that were left were like a mess. They, their, their rams were all messed up. But, I mean, there must have been pretty good sailors to be off 120. Guys, I, I think you should read. I don't want to say I, he beat off 120 guys. They must have been good ships to beat 120 Carthaginian ships. So, so this is a Pyrrhic victory before Pyrrhus made a call. Correct. So they left Alalia. They they couldn't stay there. And when we talk about Ionia, I'll tell you a little more about when they left Phocaea and this whole, it will fit in all together. But this did happen. We're in the Western Mediterranean in our time, and we're in Carthage now, so that's why we're telling you. Amazing. Interestingly, uh, another story here is that they probably had this guy with them named Xenophanes, and he is a Greek philosopher that I just learned about. And he is really cool. I'm going to tell you something about him, why he's so cool. He's like, to me, he's like the one of the first deists. You know, deists are people who believe in that there's a God, but not that he like gets involved, he or she or it gets involved in human affairs. So he believed that uh, Homer and Hesiod and all that stuff with the gods was just pure silliness. He was like like an atheist kind of, but, but he was a deist. He said, we couldn't understand what God would be. You know, you're silly humans. You think, you're anthropomorphizing these gods, you know, and it's it's silly. He also thought that um, sport, sports was, like, stupid. Like, he thought people, he didn't think it was stupid, but, he, yeah, per se, but he'd be like people today, like, you know, you spend all your money on football and, and sports and schools instead of libraries, that kind of thing. Yep. He, he was an Ionian. He's from that area, you know, in Turkey there. He was a poet. They say he lived up until um, 92 years old. That's quite a feat. Yeah. He wrote, um, he's um, supposedly the Skeptics and the Eleatics, which I'm not real familiar with, the Eleatics. We could look them up and maybe put a link in there. Oh, I love the Skeptics. Yeah. That sounds like a good book. Well, he was, he was oh, the Skeptics are like, like skeptics, but yeah, like realists type of thing. And that's a philosophy. And he's they, they see him as their like founder. So he's one of the ancient sages of Greece. And he was on this group of Phocaeans that had a leaf uh, there. And then they settled in Italy. So this was another Greek um, pre-Socratic that was, uh, that was, there, that was uh, you know, about this time. He, he discouraged drunkenness. He was like a modern, more of a modern type of guy, like today, you would think. Maybe like, maybe like a guy from the Enlightenment, sort of. You know, he still believes in the deists and he sort of believes in God, but he's, 
He doesn't think they interfere in human affairs. And he thinks about, you know, you should think about the world, that's how it really is naturally and that kind of thing. He doesn't believe that Zeus goes around disguising himself as a swan raping people. He thinks it's so ridiculous. <laughs> it is pretty ridiculous. It is. And and that's, you know, he's saying it. That's why I, I'm glad you said it because I wanted to mention it at some point. Because that's like Herodotus, who I love. I've been reading him more and more. And I literally read the same thing because I just keep reading it over. He like, he doesn't believe some things. But if it's like maybe 100, and, 100 150 years before his time, eh, he's kind of like, well, that could be. He doesn't, you know, he. He says sometimes the sun, you know, might have moved a couple times. And, you know, the gods, he doesn't outright say they're, they don't exist. So he's kind of more a man of his actual time, I guess. And where where this other Xenophanes was more of a man ahead of his time. <laughs> Interesting. That's how I would put it. But so, yeah, that's where we are in Carthage vis-a-vis the Greeks. There, there's They will be fighting over Sicily and... All these places for the next couple hundred years. Yes, and next time we'll go back to our favorite character, Cyrus the Great. Oh, we will? Okay, good. Yes. Because he's got a lot going on. (laughs) He does. Now, this is the Cyrus podcast, as you said, we'll be at an offshoot with a little Greek and Carthage stuff. I realized when uh, reading up on Cyrus that uh, the sources are so Greek-centric. Yeah. That we mainly know about him from the Greeks. Yes. And like, if you read Xenophon, that's not even Cyrus. I don't even know what that was. I read like half of that. I was like, I'm not, I'm stopping because this is just a story. But Cyrus must have done so many other things. Oh, for sure. That we don't know about because no Greeks were there to write about it. True. Yeah. Especially out, well, out in the uh, East, for sure. Yes. I mean, yeah. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I think Cyrus really is an earthquake. You know, doing this podcast, you start in the... I started in the 680s. I mean, the Assyrians were so in charge. And then all of a sudden, they're not. And then this guy just seems to come out of nowhere. Just takes over everything. Even comparing him to the greatest of the Assyrian kings, he's at a totally different level. Totally. Now, of course, they laid the foundation. Because like I've said before, they 
they they had to conquer every little town, you know, like every little area with different languages and incorporate them into this empire. And then by the time he got in there, there was, you know, there was there was, uh, you know, the, they had the keys to the to the factory, that kind of thing. He reminds me a bit of uh, Sorgon the Great, who did something amazing a long time before this. Yeah. And had a world with different politics and and developed it. Yeah. To another level. Yeah, it is very similar to that. Sargon the Great, not our other Sargon, but yeah, for sure. Oh, not Sargon the Second of Assyria, but the original Sargon. Yeah. Yeah, just to let them know this is like an, an empire. And, and well, I won't talk more about Cyrus. We'll, we'll bring up, but we are, I guess the last thing I'll say it is all this time... There's been a Mesopotamian king, you know, in Babylon and in the Middle East. And now there's going to be a, a Persian eventually. Yes, an Indo-European. Right. But first he has to take on Croesus. Yeah. And the Lydian Empire. Let's see how that goes. Yeah, next time on Fano History. Catch us there and check out our Facebook page, our Patreon, and Fan of History Plus. The link will be in the show notes. Yes, for $4 a month, you can support the show and help us out. And uh, in return, you get ad-free episodes. Yay. So no more ads that will disturb your listening. And that goes for all the episodes. So you get every single episode of the show without ads. Cool. And they seem to be putting a couple more ads in lately. So yeah, check it out. Well, actually, uh, I am responsible for that. Uh, Acast who sells the ads they offered me do you want like three ads in every spot and I felt that was fair I think it's fair it doesn't matter because I had this option to offer to the listeners right so if you despise the ads and still like our show please support us and we'll get rid of the ads for you sounds like a plan All right. well let's go and talk about Cyrus next time I'll do my study and then I'll talk to you in two weeks yes Cyrus, it is. All right, cheers. Cheers. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash fan of history. Just a dollar an episode would help us out. Thanks, and see you next time.